Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, January 31st, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. A lot to get into, but Steve, let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals making the Super Bowl. And there is a strong Ohio State angle here for uh, the listeners out there that don't really care about the Bengals. Four starters for the Cincinnati Bengals are former Buckeyes, and that doesn't even include Joe Burrow. Five, including Joe Burrow, who was on the team for three years at Ohio State, has a degree from Ohio State for those that are wondering, well, does he really count? Well, Joe Burrow himself has been asked, do you claim LSU or Ohio State? And Joe Burrow says both. Anyway, Steve, uh, you know you know me, man. I'm a Bengals fan. I appreciate you playing along here. You're a Browns fan, but I feel like you were pulling for the Bengals yesterday. Your thoughts on the Bengals making the Super Bowl and all these Buckeyes they have playing for them? Well, definitely, Dave. And I will say, yes, I'm Browns all the way, even to the point uh, I mean, the Browns have never been to the Super Bowl, one of four or five franchises in the NFL that, that have never made it. But one day, maybe before I, I pass, it'll happen. But at any rate, uh, a lot of friends and family are Bengals fans, so I was happy for them. And obviously, ha- about, you know, 40 percent, 50 percent of our fan base, you know, however you want to figure it, I'm sure from Ohio State are, are Cincinnati fans as well for the Bengals. And so congrats to all those people. And and uh, it's coincidental. It's not, you know, for me, but the Super Bowl actually falls on my birthday, February the 13th. So we may have to have a party for both uh, both instances on that day. But at any rate, uh, very happy. And obviously the Ohio State fingerprints were all over this. Um, you know, you talk about Von Bell uh, caught the tip pass interception in the overtime, and that gave you the defensive stop that you had to have. And now you're 25, 30 yards away from a field goal is all you need as the team getting the ball second uh, to win the AFC championship, go to the Super Bowl. So it was, and with that kicker that they have, who's good from basically 55 and in, if not 58 and in. Uh, you know, you had to have a good feeling that if they just got a first down or two, the game was going to be over. So Von Bell, credit for that. At the end of regulation play, it was Sam Hubbard, back-to-back sacks and even forced a fumble, which would have ended the game had the Bengals fallen on that fumble. Uh, would have ended the game right there with the Bengals winning by three. But uh, instead, uh, the Chiefs kicked the field goal to send it to overtime. And uh, they talked to Hubbard after the game. We're listening on WLW radio. And he said he could never remember having back-to-back sacks on uh, two consecutive plays, let alone uh, to send your team to the Super Bowl. So that was was pretty remarkable for him. And uh, he's worth every dime of that uh, contract extension they gave him 
a year or two ago. So congrats to him. He also was asked about Joe Burrow, said that he hosted Joe Burrow, uh, you know, around the time they drafted him, maybe before they drafted him or right after and, and how he was so impressed with Burrow and, and uh, basically let him know that you're the missing piece to this whole puzzle. And uh, here they are less than two years later going to the Super Bowl. So remarkable in every way, shape or form. Eli Apple, you know, you kind of Eli Apple is the ultimate high wire act. You know, he, he's kind of <laughs> like kind of like our friend uh, Terry Gilliam used to say about the Quan <laughs> Cook. He's going to splash a three and then he's going to have a travel and then a ball's going to go up against the backboard and then he's going to throw it out of bounds and then he's going to have a dunk. You know, I mean, it's just. It's one play is spectacular. The next play is a 30-yard pass interference penalty to set up a touchdown. But, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. And, and he makes more positive plays, obviously, for the Bengals than he does negative. And he is, he's probably having his best year as a pro and going to play in the Super Bowl. So that's good for him. I'm happy for him. Isaiah Prince, obviously, uh, you know, the uh, offensive line for the Bengals is what it is. I think they'll have uh, three or four new starters on that line next year. Probably a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick will probably start on the offensive line for the Bengals next year. But uh, Isaiah Prince is going to start in the Super Bowl at right tackle. And he had a couple penalties, I think a hold and a false start. But otherwise, they did just enough to keep Joe Burrow clean enough for them to win the game. And uh, congrats to him as well. So, uh, you know, what do you say? Jordan Fuller will be on the other side for the Rams, although he was on injured reserve, didn't play in the NFC championship game. And uh, I'm here for it. First time ever Bengals and Rams will play in the Super Bowl. The Bengals have played the 49ers twice previously, but uh, Nick Bosa and the Niners could not get it done last night. And uh, so there you go. Bengals and Rams at the Rams home field, SoFi Stadium. Just a coincidence, second year in a row the, the uh, team will host the Super Bowl, but uh, I'm sure the Bengals will have plenty of support out there. Yeah, it feels very good uh, even the next day. It's surreal. It is absolutely surreal that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, um, especially with all these Buckeyes on their roster. All right, let's uh, move along. This is a huge day for Ohio State football. We have been waiting to interview the new assistant coaches. Today is that day. We will also get head coach Ryan Day. This is the first media availability since the Rose Bowl and the first time the media, the local media, will be interviewing the new assistant coaches. So we're going to get Coach Ryan Day around 2.30 today, 2.30 Eastern, and then we're expected to get new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, new offensive line coach Justin Fry, new corners coach Tim Walton, former Buckeye Tim Walton, and new safeties coach Perry Eliano. Steve, I love this. Again, Buck Nutters, right around 2.30 for Ryan Day, then we're going to get the assistant coaches sometime between 3 and 4. I can't wait. I'm looking you know, most forward to talking to Jim Knowles, but I'm looking forward to talking to all these gentlemen. Yeah, no, no question, Dave. We're going to be all over it. We'll post the day video as soon as it's done. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of questions. I think that, that, uh, he'll need to answer or will be asked, uh, you know, why did you decide to make, you know, wholesale changes on your coaching staff at this point? And I'm sure he'll, he'll share some of his rationale. And, uh, as I wrote a column about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and this was all unfolding, it's like, he's pushed all of his chips to the middle of the table and said, if we're going to win the national championship with CJ Stroud, we need to do it this year because he's leaving for the NFL after this upcoming season. And so he uh, wasn't going to stand pat with what he had and uh, felt that there could be some upgrades with scheme and, and, uh, and, 
development and everything else at all these different positions. I mean, the secondary uh, linebackers uh, and the offensive line, all new position coaches for those three areas, four areas, if you say the safeties and corners are separate. So I'm uh, interested as well to talk to all these people. You hear so much about what uh, kind of a football savant Jim Knowles is. I don't, I don't need him to stand up there at the grease board and, and draw up the Tampa two defense or anything. But at the same time, I think you're interested in, in, uh, you know, basically putting it to him, Hey, this thing's been a dysfunctional mess for two years. Have you looked at any of the video? Are there any pieces here worth redeeming? And uh, is the defense going to be better uh, in 2022? And uh, if so, uh, you know, does that give your, your team a chance to win the national championship this coming year? So, I think there's a lot going on there today. And Tim Walton, obviously former Buckeye, it's been a long journey through the wilderness for him. He was at Ohio State in the early 90s, and there was always talk, you know, well, would he ever come back to his alma mater? You know, he coached a lot of colleges in nine years, I think, in the NFL, and now he's coming back to the college ranks, and uh, I think that's got to be exciting for him. So, yeah, a lot to talk about with those guys. I'm interested. Uh, we want to pin down Ryan Day as well on uh, personnel. Uh, you know, we did a scholarship study here last week, and if uh, guys like uh, uh, EA, Nate Ote, and uh, uh, Jerron Cage and a couple others are coming back, they're probably seven or eight guys over the scholarship limit. And get his thoughts about that super senior rule that seems to be going by the wayside. They could still have an extra year of eligibility, Dave, but they count against your 85 this year. So I think that's a total bullcrap move. And uh, uh, the NCAA, on one hand, oh, we're here for the student athletes. Uh, we're just not here for those ones denied scholarships because we're, you know, doing this. So, yeah, it, it's uh, I think he, he should have some things to say about that today as well. Dave Doran really picked up the the uh, torch on that a week or two ago. And I think if every head coach at a major college stood up and said something, they'll have to change that rule because I, I just think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I want to get your take on this. Uh, Jay Book and I talked about this on Friday. So I find this uh, topic very interesting. In fact, this was the crux of the show on Friday. So there's been, they're kicking around the idea. It doesn't sound like it's like imminent by any means, but they're kicking around the idea, the Big Ten is, of eliminating divisions. They're at least talking about it. I don't know if they're leaning one way or the other or what's the most likely scenario. Nothing's going to change this coming season, the listeners out there that are wondering. Um, Steve, Let's say it does happen. Let's say they get rid of East and West, and it's one big, you know, 14-team conference. There's no divisions. Uh, and then whoever finishes the top two teams in the standings, they play. It could be a rematch, you know. Uh, of course, it could be a rematch now, even with, you know, because we have the crossover games. Um, would you be in favor of no divisions, or do you like it the way it is right now? Well, the West is 0-8, I think, since 2014, 0-8 uh, in the championship game against the uh, East. And they tried legends and leaders before that with what they thought were competitive divisions. And nobody liked that because you couldn't remember who was in which division because it wasn't geographical. And so, you know, geographical, you know, by all means could be, you know, should be how it works. But, you know. It, from a football standpoint, it doesn't really work because nobody in the West has been able to break through. I think part of this is drawn on by the SEC. They did not want automatic spots for all, every one of the Power Five conferences, as well as one group of five, I think. 
uh, because it takes up too many spots and they don't get their three or four spots in the playoff if they do that. I think they were going to draw the line at five, the top five conference champions, regardless of, you know, whether you're power five or not. And the big 10 problem with that was, okay, what if a three loss Penn State gets in there, you know, as an example and wins the big 10, then, you know, it, it screws up the playoff. So um, takes a spot away, so to speak from a deserving team. So to my way of thinking that this would this would eliminate that because the top two teams you would figure uh, aren't going to have more than two losses, you know, the winner of their game and would still be a viable playoff uh, contender. So uh, I'm cool with it. Uh, I just wonder what do you do in a situation where it's Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all eleven and one, eight and one, or if they go back to eight games, seven and one and they were all each one-on-one one against each other, how do you get that down to two teams? I'm, I'm confused on that one, but uh, other than a coin flip or draw lots or something, I, I, don't, I don't know how you – I'm sure the Big 12 has a way that they do it if it, if it came to that. Maybe, it, maybe it's based on the ranking of the teams. I don't know, but, uh, it, but how do you do that when the ranking for the teams doesn't come out until the following Monday, you know, or, or Sunday morning, I guess, with the – playoff ranking i don't know but at any rate it uh it solves some problems but could create others so i i don't know um it's if i was the commissioner of the sport we'd have a lot of changes for the good i'll just say that <laughs> yes 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 i think um everybody would agree with that there's very few things we all agree on i think uh, everybody would agree on uh, that uh kevin warren is uh persona non grata Whoever thought we would be missing Jim Delaney so much so fast. Um, hey, you were in West Lafayette yesterday. You mentioned how you were listening to the game, uh, the Bengals game on radio. It's because you were in West Lafayette covering Ohio State's game against Purdue. I was joking with you early in the second half. I texted you in the Murph. I'm like, you guys, I don't, actually, I don't even think I was joking. Thinking back on them, watching the Bengals game, I'm like, you guys should leave right now and beat the traffic. I mean, it looked like Ohio State was going to get blown out. They come all the way back. They tie the game on an EJ Liddell three late in the game. It looks like, wow, they're going to pull this out. Um, and I guess I wasn't watching the Bengals game yet. I was just watching pregame coverage of the Bengals. Bengals wasn't on yet. But my point is, Buckeyes did lose the game. But I'm encouraged by this team, Steve. They're not world beaters or anything, but I don't know. I mean, that Purdue team is really good. For the Buckeyes to come back the way they did, I know, moral victories. We don't want to hear about moral victories. I'm just saying overall, I like where this team is at. And that was a heck of a near comeback yesterday. Yeah, we saw the best and the worst of Ohio State basketball <laughs> yesterday. They, they get behind by 20 points with 14 minutes to go, and it looked like they'd all but given up, and the body language wasn't good. And Coach Holman called a timeout. And there was a TV timeout. And I'm sure he's just you know pleading with them, urging them to stay with it. And the problem was they weren't hitting from three-point uh, territory, I think they were three for their first 17, something like that on threes, which is not going to get it done. And they couldn't go inside either because you got the seven, four guy. Uh, let's see, uh, Zach Eady, seven, four, and uh, he's in there in the paint and, you know, deterring anybody from uh, taking shots in there. They got Travion Williams, who's a big beefy guy, six ten and 255 pounds who uh, he's improved his agility a hundred percent. And now he's 
to my way of thinking a viable big man, you know, for the next level possibly. So those two guys kind of trade off in the paint and Ohio state had no way to attack them and had 32 points with 14 minutes to go in the game. They're down 52 to 32 and little by little Eugene Brown, Michi Johnson, Cedric Russell, you know, all those guys, uh, you know, kind of played some backup roles, came in and hit some shots. Malachi Branham got it going a little bit, hit a couple big shots. Hit, He took it in and hit a reverse, which was just uncanny, with about a minute and a half to go to get it down to like seven, six or seven. Then they get a stop, and – Branham pushes it ahead off the rebound and gets it to Liddell in the left corner. He hits the three, and Purdue couldn't get the ball inbounded. Called timeout. Out of the timeout, they throw the ball away. Sasha Stefanovic throws the ball inbounds, and Kyle Young, the eight-year senior, comes over and steals the pass, gives it to Wheeler. Wheeler gets it to Liddell, hits the three, and Ohio State is celebrating you know, like we're going to work, you know, they, they had silenced the crowd of 14,000 and they're like, we are going to win this game. And they were, you know, potentially a stop and going to overtime away from winning the game. And it looked great. They had the stop. They had Eric Hunter bottled up on the right wing, but uh, then it was that guy, uh, uh, Zach, or rather uh, Jaden Ivy, their, you know, dynamic guard came off the screen and Eugene Brown kind of got hung up a little bit. And Brown got there by the time the shot went up and had a hand up, but it was just, you know, a hand down, man down, you know, just a split second late. And uh, Ivy, uh, who'd struggled down the stretch, Purdue basically folded in the last five minutes. And he had to travel and a couple bad shots to kind of pave the way for Ohio State to, to, to steal it. And he hits the, the game winner and uh, just, uh, just a great game, you know, if you didn't care who won. I think from Ohio State, they build off this. They come home. They take care of business this week against Iowa and Maryland. They're still right where they want to be. And, you know, the regular season championship is not off the table for this team despite that loss, Dave, because uh, they only play two ranked teams the rest of the way, which is Illinois away and Michigan State at home at the end. And with the Nebraska makeup uh, tentatively set for February 21st, Seven of the last 11 games will be at Value City Arena. So if they just hold serve at home and maybe win a game or two on the road, uh, their record's going to be right as good as just about anybody in the conference. So uh, they're hanging in there, and a great comeback just uh, came up a little short. Yeah, they couldn't uh, pull a Cincinnati Bengals and finish the comeback. What kind of day would that have been if we had gotten the sweep on the Buckeyes and the Bengals, Dave? That would have been, been, that would have been, I, I, I didn't think yesterday could be any better. That would have been even better. That would have been yeah. even better. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about my moral victory nonsense. That would have been far better to actually get the, uh, the win. But I'm, I still like the, like I said, man, I think this team's on the right track. I, um, again, I don't think they're, you know, a top 10 team or anything, but I, I, I like, I like where they're headed. I like Malachi Brandon becoming a, uh, you know, the player I hoped he would be. Uh, he's even better than I thought he would be as a freshman. So. Rebounds. Yeah, I, I just uh, – I, I like the direction these guys are headed. EJ Liddell's stepped up his game. I wish they still had Dwayne Washington. That's a funny thing. Everybody was like, ah, oh, Dwayne Washington, he's making a mistake leaving. Well, he's currently uh, making a, a paycheck in the NBA and playing pretty well. They could use him. But uh, you, uh, you said it very well. I like where this basketball team's headed, and hopefully they can uh, make a decent run here. Um, you know, the rest of the regular season and then in the postseason. Well, thank you very much to Steve Hellwagon. Appreciate your wisdom, Steve. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Again, 
wall-to-wall coverage of Ohio State football later today. Ryan Day and the new assistant coaches, so keep it locked to Bucknuts for that. Thanks again to listening to the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.